It's the most popular sport on the planet, with an estimated 4 billion fans worldwide. But not everybody grew up watching or playing soccer, particularly here in the U.S. I sure didn't. I made fun of soccer, called it boring, hard to follow, and not as entertaining as football, basketball, or baseball. But thanks to some basic education about the game and a few viewings of English Premier League matches, I realized I had been wrong all those years, and I became hooked. It's a far more compelling sport to watch than I used to think. Tense, exciting, and when played by the great ones, graceful and elegant. This show is for anybody who's curious why so many people love this game. It's for new fans of the European club teams looking for analysis that doesn't get too far into the weeds because, frankly, we wouldn't know how to be that in-depth. It's for anybody who wants to join us on our journey of getting to know better the most popular sport in the world. We'll talk about the game itself, the rules, the terminology, the strategy, and we'll talk about the top club soccer league in the world, the English Premier League, its teams, its history, its players, each week's games, all of it. We're kind of learning as we go here, but we're hoping you'll share that experience with us and come along for the ride. This is Hands Off Those Balls. It was old man weekend in the Premier League. Now, these sorts of things are all relative, but the fact is we saw some starts and some heroics from the league's old guard. Welcome to another edition of Hands Off Those Balls. My name is Mike. I am not joined, as always, by Jared this week. I am joined remotely by Jared this week. Jared, how are you doing this week? Well, I'm doing okay, Mike. Uh, the reason that I am not able to participate uh, there with you is uh, starting to come down with something a little bit last week. I decided to go get a COVID test that came back positive. So... I'm doing great. Uh, the family's doing great. We're just quarantined for, I guess, another five days, so I should be able to be with you next Monday, but for right now, uh, this will have to do. Well, you know, obviously, uh, some things are more important than than this show or us being together for the show, what have you. It's just great to hear that everybody, so everybody's asymptomatic, nobody's yeah, fevers yeah, or all, anything. That's we're great. We're all doing good. Good. Yeah, we've got... Uh, the town town's been great. The school's been great. So uh, I think uh, I think we're going to come out of this one with flying colors colors here pretty soon. So awesome. All right. Well, uh, so as I alluded to earlier, uh, a number of the the older players in the league either had appearances or uh, not only appeared but also had some heroics in their games. And uh, I think right at the top, we've got to have a. Uh, uh, a little back padding for ourselves. Uh, I think Jose Mourinho must be a fan of hands off those balls because I'm pretty sure that he listened to us last week when we were singing the yeah, praises. You really called this one. Yeah, singing the praises of Gareth Bale of Tottenham Hotspur and how he had been doing so well in the uh, the tournaments and the European play, and that um, in last week's match. It was a different game when he was brought in, and darn it, why doesn't Jose play him more? Well, what do you know? Jose starts him, and inside of two minutes, not exaggerating, the first two minutes of the match, Gareth Bale puts Spurs up 1-0. Uh, he ends up scoring a second goal uh, around the um, 54th minute in the second half, but he also got an assist in the first half. Uh, so there's your man of the match. 
and uh, as we'll talk about a little bit more later, uh, Spurs go on to win for nothing. But uh, he wasn't the only older. Now he's 31. I mean, I don't want to, particularly given our ages, don't necessarily want to suggest that that's you know well over the hill. And in fact, he's the youngest of the uh, the old guard players that I I noted for this week. But um, the fact is, the reason that he hasn't been starting or playing much at all in the Premier League matches has been what they refer to as fitness, that he hasn't been sufficiently fit, um, which is certainly going to be uh, secondary to getting on in years. So, yeah, he's he's only 31, but uh, the um, problem that he's been having is, is without a doubt, age-related. So... Uh, he certainly belongs in this list. But another fan favorite, or at least a hands-off-those-balls favorite, Olivier Giroud got into the action this week. Uh, he started for Chelsea. Uh, now, the game did end nil-nil, but if you ask me, Giroud was the player who came closest to scoring a goal in this match. There was a, uh, uh, a cross where, naturally, he was in the six-yard box, and he just flung himself Superman-style. Uh, missed. Sacrificed his body. On well, I was going to get to that. <laughs> so he, he just barely misses the ball uh, right in front of the goal. But then his momentum carries him into the post that he hits with his lower back. And he starts reaching back for it and wincing just like an old man does. <laughs> and he has strains his back. So I thought that that was sort of an appropriate visual for, for the whole old man weekend. Um, but like I said, say what you want, 34-year-old Olivier Giroud, in my opinion, got the closest to scoring in that match, so uh, hats off to him. Um, and, and the funny thing about Giroud is it's similar to Bale, that he doesn't get a lot of playing time in the Premier League, but he's been playing a lot in Europe. And come to find out, I didn't realize this, but looking into it a little bit, he's second in goals scored in Champions League play right behind uh, Erling Holland, the Norwegian from uh, Borussia Dortmund, who is a 20-year-old phenom. He's This guy, he's six foot four, probably weighs about 200, and he's a striker, and he's a beast. He's, he's awesome. Naturally, uh, Manchester City have their eyes on him. So big surprise, he'll be playing alongside Messi, um, but I'm sure all the, the finances will be on the up and up. Anyway... Um, yeah, he's second. Drew is second to Holland. Uh, Drew's got six goals in Champions League play. Holland has eight. Um, although it turns out that four of those six that Drew has are from a single match against um, uh, Sevilla. So four in a match will certainly help. Um, all right, more the old guard. So Fernandinho from Manchester City. Uh, he's a defender slash midfielder got uh what was just his seventh start of the season uh playing for man city he's 35 and 35 is kind of up there in uh in soccer years if you will but the older guy that i noticed when they first showed the lineups for that manchester city match was none other than our friend sergio aguero at the ripe old age of 32 uh he hadn't had a start since match week five uh, when Manchester City played Arsenal, but there he was starting this week, which was good to see. And you know, again, not 
not exactly an age that, that one might think of as old, but Aguero's lack of playing time and lack of starts, uh, I think, can reasonably be blamed on age. You know, it's not like he's fighting one of these injuries that you treat, get, you know, get surgery, and then you come back in six weeks. He's, he's been fighting sort of the similar fitness problems that a guy like Bale has been uh, dealing with. Uh, he didn't have any, you know, major heroics in the game. Uh, actually, both goals were scored by defenders. Um, yeah. Not, none on our fantasy team, but, <laughs> but by nope. defenders. Um, again, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that later. Uh, one guy who got some playing time this week who, who I think we can say has a, a ripe old age when it comes to athletes is 38-year-old Phil Jakelka, I'm sure I'm butchering that name, um, defender for Sheffield. Uh, this was only his third start of the season. And in fact, uh, at the end of the 2019-2020 season um, last year, he was the second oldest player to, to actually get playing time in the Premier League. Um, so he, he definitely is one of the guys that, uh, that are up there, if you will. Uh, so, uh, good on him to be, uh, still able to, to get on the pitch, you know, third start of the season at 38, not bad at all. Uh, and in fact, we had another of the 30 somethings who just played today. Um, we had, uh, Southampton. Uh, facing off against Everton and Southampton subbed out Alex McCarthy from goal and put in Fraser Forster uh, who's their backup goalie and is 32 years old this was only his second start of the season um, didn't it didn't seem like McCarthy had any you know injuries he was dealing with he was on the bench I mean he was listed uh, as active for the game just on the bench um, so I don't think it's an injury thing I think it's more of a um, Hassenhudel just going, you know, playing his gut and going with a different, uh, a different player. So, um, you know, another of the older guard. And, of course, as always, 34-year-old Jamie Vardy. <laughs> That's not exactly a big surprise. I just I can't get over the <laughs> fact that he's 34. He's faster than just about everybody else. I would like to see, like, a 100-meter like a dash between Vardy and Traore. I think that would be fun to watch because those two guys just always you seem can, faster. Than... Say again? Yeah, throwing Lamptey in there would be pretty fun too. He's a fast guy. Yeah, just uh, the guys who always seem faster than the guys who are trying to chase them down or running alongside them or what have you. Um, so, yeah, that was uh, that was the extent of my uh, my attempt to honor some of the old guard this week. I, uh, I I was really just looking for any excuse for us to bring up the fact that we were jumping on desks last week saying that Jose should be starting Gareth Bale. He finally does, and what happens? Bale gets two goals and an assist. Give us a team to run. <laughs> or maybe put another way, why can't we be so successful with our fantasy team in these pressing the right buttons and stuff? Um, so, uh, again, congratulations to Bale. Congratulations to Spurs. That's a much-needed win. Boy, you talk about uh, some of these teams that uh, we expect to do better, like um, – 
uh, Spurs and Arsenal and Liverpool, who had all been sort of in the dumps the last few weeks, uh, came out of this week with some wins, so that was good for them. Uh, as we will note in the scores and schedule report, which uh, will be coming up next, uh, after which we will talk in greater detail about some of the uh, better games from this past week. Not all of them, but some of the ones that we think warrant some special attention. So uh, stick around, listen to the, uh, the scores and the upcoming schedule. We will be right back. Here are your scores from Match Week 26 in the English Premier League. Saturday began with another win for Man City, this time over West Ham 2-1. West Brom got a much-needed victory over Brighton 1-0, Aston Villa topped Leeds 1-0, and Wolves and Newcastle drew one goal apiece. On Sunday, Arsenal shot down Leicester 3-1, Crystal Palace and Fulham played 90 minutes with neither side finding the back of the net, Spurs shellacked Burnley 4-0, Chelsea and Manchester United played to a scoreless draw, and Liverpool topped Sheffield 2-0. On Monday, Everton held off Southampton 1-0. Some teams get an early start on Match Week 29 with some midweek fixtures. Tuesday sees Wolves visiting Man City. On Wednesday, Burnley hosts Leicester City. Aston Villa visits Sheffield United, and Manchester United heads to the capital to face Crystal Palace. On Thursday, Everton travels to West Brom. Chelsea heads to Anfield to face Liverpool, and Spurs cross town to meet Fulham for their Match Week 33 contest. Things return to normal as Match Week 27 kicks off Saturday with Burnley hosting Arsenal. Southampton visits Sheffield United, Wolves and Aston Villa have a Midlands derby at Villa Park, and Leicester will face Brighton at the Amex. On Sunday, Newcastle visits West Brom, Liverpool hosts Fulham, the Manchester derby will be played at the Etihad, and Crystal Palace will head to North London to take on Spurs. The week wraps up on Monday with a couple matches in the capital as Everton visits Chelsea and West Ham hosts Leeds. That's what's happening in the EPL. Now back to the show. And we're back. All right. Well, uh, the, the weekend matches kicked off with uh, Man- Manchester City playing West Ham. You want to talk about that one, Jared? Sure. So this is uh, match day 26, uh, Man City hosting West Ham. So we're starting fresh new fantasy week, and it doesn't start any better than the last one ended. Um, Cancelo <laughs> doesn't play for us. Gundogan and Walker do, but do nothing. And we also have Antonio on our bench. Um, so our opponent has Diaz and a captain Sterling going. Um, and just uh, really to get things kicked off, uh, KDB cross and a Diaz header scores the first goal for Man City. And to top it all off, Antonio from our bench equalizes at the end of the first half and a ball that kind of pinpalls around the, the six-yard area. Now, just so, to I mean, this is a really good comp- just to to put a bit of a, a fine point on that Antonio goal. So, as is fairly standard, uh, once things begin to to not go our way, I get all the sky is falling. There's no way we're going to win because I I probably get overly negative in sort of looking at the uh, the matchup and what players we have going, what players our opponent has going and sort of predicting, well, you know, this is going to happen and that's going to happen, and we've both got these two players, so really the only players that matter are these two, uh, again, overdoing it, uh, suggesting that only two out of 11 players are really going to matter. And I had just texted 
to Jared and friend of the show, Luke, something to the effect of, you know what would be perfect at this point is for Antonio, who's sitting on our bench forward from West Ham, to score a goal that isn't going to do us any good and will only hurt us because we've got um, Kyle Walker as a defender playing in this game, so he loses the clean sheet. That would be perfect. Seconds later, it happened. I need to keep my mouth I mean, it, shut, I think, is the lesson learned. I mean, it, you know, in, in a vacuum, this is a really good competitive game to watch between two table toppers, but this could not be going worse for us fantasy-wise at this point. I mean, you're you're not, this is not hyperbole by you. Um, and this was a good, uh, you know, day for Man City defenders. I think we talked about this as John Stones gets into the action and gives Man City the final lead uh, midway through the second half. And... Um, Mike, do you know who Brian Bosworth is? He was a uh, graduate of the University of Oklahoma, if I'm not mistaken. Went on to the NFL for the Seattle Seahawks. A, uh, I'm not sure if he – I think it was like a middle linebacker type, maybe maybe a um, defensive end. Uh, all correct. I think he was a national champion in 85 with Oklahoma. But anyways, he had an even shorter acting career, but he managed to put out a couple of action flicks. I am not afraid to admit I enjoy. <laughs> um, but one was called Stone Cold, where Bosworth was a uh, law enforcement and he infiltrated a biker gang. And to get back on point here, the, his pseudonym with the biker gang was John Stone, hence the name of the film. Uh-huh. So every time I hear Man City's John Stones mentioned, I can't not think about <laughs> Brian Bosworth. Um, so, anyways, a uh, little bit of a tangent there. Um, West Ham does get one more really good opportunity with seconds to go, but 2-1 uh, Man City is the final on this one. Uh, it's 20 in a row for them in all comps, um, so they're really just uh, cruising here. Nobody's going to stop them. Nope. Um, West Brom hosting Brighton now. We normally wouldn't talk about a match with two teams at risk of relegation, but this one provided a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, yes, it did. It starts simply enough, a Gallagher corner to a Kyle Bartley head, and it's a 1-0 West Brom. In the 17th minute, however, there's a Brighton corner, and West Brom's Yaksulu comes in with his fist out, and if you were like me and played uh, an unhealthy amount of Street Fighter 2 and its variants in your youth, <laughs> he pretty much does a shoryuken on the ball. A sort of uppercut that some of the characters did. Um, they play almost a minute later, and then VAR decides to take a look, and the penalty kick is awarded to Brighton for the easy equalizer. Or was it? Mm. Well... Gross is on to take it, and he puts on up a gross attempt. Was um, there any explanation for why, because I wasn't watching this game live, was there any explanation for why Mopay's not taking the penalty? I don't know, because as you noticed, uh, he didn't take either of these in this right. game, and I don't know why. Um, hmm. But, uh, yeah, Gross nails the top crossbar, um, and, you know, and it misses. So that takes us to the 27th minute. Uh, Brighton's advancing, and Gallagher for West Brom puts up a challenge that was just a bit too strong, resulting in a free kick about 20, far, uh, 20 yards out. Now, in real time, it was really tough to tell what happened here, but it appeared Brighton's dunk took the free kick before West Brom was even ready. Uh, Johnston was still setting up his wall, but the ball finds the net. Now, now the goal is not... It, I, I'm sorry, I interrupt the... Uh... I don't know if you've watched much of the coverage since or the, or the post-match interviews, but Dunk is is adamant that 
while they're setting up the, the free kick, he asked the ref, you know, can I kick it? I think they used the word early, not not so much to suggest a, like illegally early, but he was asking like, can we get on with it? I want to kick it now um, in so many words. But he had to wait for a ref's whistle, which he got and immediately kicked it. Then I, I agree. I mean, if you watch if you watch the, the replays of it, there's a whistle and then an immediate fuck, what? you know, from when the, you know, the ball, you know, obviously dunk is kicking the ball. There's an immediate what? So, thunk. Ah, okay. Sound. That, that's good. Yeah. It wasn't quite <laughs> what I heard. <laughs> Sorry, but but I, I totally agree with you. I think it was, a, I mean, if, if what they're supposed to wait for is a whistle and they don't have to wait for the whistle to end or something, then I think it should have been a valid kick. I heard both. Yeah. So, um, but what happened is the goal is not immediately awarded. Um and Brighton protests. And after about a minute of discussion and protest, the goal is then counted for the equalizer and then West Brom protests. Then VAR gets involved and they take a look at it for God knows what, offsides, obstruction, kick too early. Um, but when all said and done, uh, they reverse the goal and issue a re-kick of the free kick. Well, um, the, there is a reason that they did that. They didn't say on the telecast? I mean, what they... I mean, not not... Not on the highlights. Okay. What they watching. explained, what they explained after the game, at least, was that so the the ref who blew the whistle allowing Dunk to kick blew it again while the ball was on its way to the goal and before it crossed the line, and so that second whistle being blown before the ball crosses the line makes that kick um, no good. That they have to redo it. So. Uh, you know the idea being if the defense the defending team hears the second whistle they're going to relax and think okay we don't have to bother which in reality is foolish i mean the ball was an inch from the goal had already beaten everybody uh-huh. it's not like that second whistle made everybody relax and that's why the ball went into the goal the ball was on its way into the goal already um it was going to go in anyway yeah. yeah but that was apparently the ruling and you know dunk was up in arms about it um but that's what they ended up going with and it sounds like the ref just spazzed that i think i think he might have been surprised at how quickly dunk kicked it and so thought he had to you know sort of maybe a reflex of what they do with free kicks out in the middle of the field where you know they kick it too soon and the ref blows the whistle and says come on come on set it up again and maybe just he reflexively blew his whistle a second time when he didn't need to, probably didn't want to, but here we are. Yeah. Um, so after almost about six minutes of uh, that nonsense, uh, there's a re-kick, and the re-kick goes right to Johnston. So pretty much a wasted six minutes there. But, yeah. Um, in the 73rd minute, uh, clever pass to Gross, and Townsend takes him down in the box for a no-question penalty kick to Brighton. Um, Danny Welbeck is asked to take this one for the easy equalizer. Again, or was it? Well, Welbeck nails the left post, and it goes right back to him. Um, he gets off an, uh, an awkward second attempt, and it dribbles harmlessly to the left. Um, well, so. here's the thing. If that, if that harmless attempt had gone in, would it have been a good goal? Well, I don't know. The, the, 
the refs were blowing something before it went out of bounds. I wasn't sure why they would yeah. blow it dead. The answer is it would not have been good because the penalty kicker cannot be the first person to oh, touch the, a rebound. That's right. So that's right. Uh, you know that's why they were they were blowing it dead, and that's why it, like his his little dribbler it was half hearted. I think because he knew, you know, at first he was like instincts like okay kick it again he's like oh this is not gonna work and, and he just sort of collapsed yeah. um but yeah well, two two missed penalties and none taken by mope they're you know the best player and they're certainly the best offensive player i don't get it i mean he was on the the field for all 90 wasn't he? yeah he was certainly out there so. for those um so two missed penalties did you do any research into um you know how many how, missed how penalties? How often that happens? Yeah. No, I, I don't know how often that comes up. Well, I didn't, I didn't find a how often it comes up. What I did find was in 1989, referee Kelvin Morton awarded five penalties in a Crystal Palace versus Brighton game. Um, so this is 89. So this is it's top flight, but it's pre Premier League. Um, but apparently that was a football league record. Uh, of those five, Crystal Palace took four of them and missed three. <laughs> missed wow. three. They still won, two to one, but they missed three penalties in a single game. Ugh. You got to wonder if it was the same guy kicking all of them. <laughs> that would <laughs> yeah. be embarrassing. Um. After all that, the game ends in a 1-0 West Brom victory. So a big win for them as they make their claim uh, to stay in the league. Um, Brighton, 15 shots and no goals. I, I feel like a few weeks ago they had 26 shots and no goals. So they must be going to some kind of record there. Could Man, be. You know, lar largest shot to goal ratio. I don't know. Yeah. Um, we also had Leicester hosting Arsenal. Um so in the sixth minute of this one, Tielemans uh, beats Burnt Leno to the far post for a nice uh, early Leicester lead. Uh, the announcers called the Arsenal defense on this one shocking. Uh, right before halftime, David Luiz actually does something intentionally constructive. I'm not sure I've ever seen that before. I know uh, I hadn't. Uh, <laughs> he actually equalizes on a really nice, long, powerful header off of a free kick. He... He actually looked like he knew what he was doing and he knew how to play <laughs> soccer. It was amazing. I, I just couldn't believe it. Um, first half stoppage time. Um, a Pepe shot, you know, sort of hits the hand of a Leicester uh, player, Ndidi, uh, one yard inside the penalty box for a penalty kick. Uh, Lacazette converts it for the Arsenal lead. Then to start the heck and, uh, second half, a Willian rebound to Pepe for an easy tap and sort of gives uh, Arsenal another goal and the game its final score in 3-1 to one for Arsenal. So kind of a surprising result here. I would have expected Leicester to cruise in this one at home, but uh, I guess that's why they play the game. Yeah, and uh, I mean, Tottenham hosted Arsenal certainly needed the win, that was for sure. And they, you know, by, by all statistics, they thoroughly owned Leicester. Um, yeah, they did. And it's weird. So many teams are losing these home games. It's almost like they're they're less focused at home than they are on the road when they got like sort of nothing better to do. You know, they don't have the advantage yeah. of fans cheering them on. And I don't know. It's weird. 
It is weird. Um, one team that did win at home, though, uh, Tottenham hosting Burnley. Um, so this was not a good outing for our uh, Tarkowski and the Burnley defense. Um, and as we mentioned, they took Mike's advice on Gareth Bale, uh, and it paid off big time. So it's as we said, within 70 seconds, uh, Son assists a streaking Bale for a rather easy 1-0 Spurs lead. Uh, then Kane in the 14th minute, just an overpowering shot past uh, Hope on the near post. Lucas Morris adds a third for Tottenham, and then uh, just to start the second half, Son to Bale again for a nice far post bender. Uh, just a phenomenal effort for Bale. Yeah, and that that second goal, the one scored by uh, Harry Kane, that was all set up by just a beautiful long pass from Bale. Um, yep. You know, it was like a forty-yard bomb of a pass that uh, you know hits hits Kane in stride, and he takes it from there. Um, interesting little side note: this was uh, Spurs goalie Hugo Urisa's. 100th clean sheet in the Premier League. So congratulations to him. Wow, congratulations. That's uh, that's quite an accomplishment, actually. It is. It makes me feel like I should be checking his age. <laughs> that would take a while to get 100 clean sheets, I would think. Um, Chelsea hosting Man United. So uh, this one only ends in a nil-nil draw. A um, couple of interesting tidbits on this one. Um in the first half, there appeared to be a joint handball by Man United's uh, Greenwood and Chelsea's Hudson Adoy. Um, after a bit of play, they decided to send it to VAR, and I think it clearly touched both players' hands, but they rule no handball, and after all that, it's a drop ball. So I was thinking maybe that's their version of offsetting penalties. I, I didn't know, um, but it yeah. clearly touched both players' hands. <laughs> there, so. there are as many opinions on this play as there are people to ask. Uh, I mean, you are correct. It clearly hits both of them. Um, there are some who say hudson Adoy handball, uh, you know, end of discussion, and, um, and should be a penalty. There are those who say hudson Adoy's hand wasn't above his shoulder, and it was a natural position, even though away from his body, because he was, you know, sort of mixing it up with, uh, was it Greenwood? Yeah, Greenwood. So, you know, that's the, the excuse. And I guess if your hand isn't over your shoulder, then, then it becomes that subjective question of whether it's a natural position. So some could say it was a natural position because of what he was doing with the rest of his body at that time. Um but, yeah, it, it's just – this is a total eye of the beholder. Um, depends on whom, whom you ask whether or not that yeah. should have been something. Uh, I also heard that this was uh, Man United's fifth nil-nil draw against Big Six opposition this year. I thought that was a kind of a remarkable feat there. Well, we can certainly remember a very dull Manchester derby that ended nil-nil. Um, I sure can. I don't know that I could – you know, rattle off all the other, all the other ones. But speaking of Callum Hudson Adoy, um, didn't mention this last week, um, but with uh, his um, appearance in last week's Chelsea match against Southampton, he became the youngest Chelsea player to reach 50 Premier League appearances. Uh, unlike all the old men. Uh, Hudson Adoy is not even old enough to buy alcohol in the United States. He is 20 years and three months old. Ooh. So, 
a youngster to get his uh, 50 Premier League appearances. So congratulations to Hudson Adoy on that, albeit a week late. Um, but uh, I thought that was worth noting. Yeah, uh, and we also can't not note uh, the clean sheet for Mendy, who's basically keeping our fantasy team on life support this week. Yeah, that uh, Mendy clean reason, sheet is really. the only <laughs> the only good thing we got going so far. Yes. <laughs> um, Sheffield hosting Liverpool. So can a captain Mo Salah pay dividends for us? Um, the answer to that is no. <laughs> but... Um, this one was actually scoreless heading into the second half, if you can believe it. Um, Curtis Jones, though, gets Liverpool started pretty quickly in the second half for the 1-0 lead. Um, right after, an actually, a pretty amazing end line save by Alexander-Arnold. Um, I mean, some views, it looked like the ball was clearly out already. Uh, some other ones, it looks like he did save it, uh, you know, barely by the graces of, of a millimeter of chalk. Um, but they, they did count uh, the goal. And then Firmino seems to add one of his own for the 2-0 lead, but apparently this was changed to a Keen Bryan own goal on Sheffield. Yeah, um, yeah, several minutes later. So I, I guess yeah. they, they keep looking at it for stuff like that, um, you know, off in some booth somewhere. Um, but, yeah, they, they brought it up during the match like five minutes later. Yeah. Um, and that was the final for that one, 2-0 uh, for Liverpool. So, uh, obviously, a much-needed, much-expected win for the Reds. Um, you know, I, I was hoping they do a little bit more. I was hoping some different people would do more. but Yeah, I mean, the fact that, that we've got, result. you know, we got Mo Salah on our fantasy team, and as the captain, his his contributions get doubled. So, yeah, we, we certainly could have used some goals, and you would have thought that against a team like Sheffield, he could have found them because, you know, Sheffield is – uh, shall we say, not having a, uh, a, a, a good year. Uh, but it is a remarkable year. And, Jared, I know you um, were a little disappointed when they started stringing a win here and there uh, to ruin the chances for certain historical, historically dubious <laughs> achievements, shall we say. But they did achieve something. Again, this is last week uh, that this happened, but we didn't note it at the time. Sheffield United is the fastest team to get 20 losses in top flight history. Ooh, that's good. They got 20 losses yeah. in 25 matches. I mean, they now have 21 losses in 26 matches, um, which is, you know, just making the record all the more delicious. Um, yeah. But, yeah, that's that's quite an achievement right there. So, I, like Boy. I said, I know you were disappointed that they didn't that, – that they've – sort of dug themselves out of the real, real hole they were in at the beginning. So they're probably not going <laughs> to yeah. break that Darby County. Re- what was it? Have they already gotten more points than Darby County? I think was Darby no, County they, 13? They're still, they're, they're still tied with 11 points for that Darby 11, County. Okay. But, but, I mean, there's, you know, 10, 10 or so matches left, right? Sure. I mean, if, if they could easily pick up one point in those 10, yeah. 10 matches, I would think. I would think yeah. so. Uh, but uh, another little tidbit from this Liverpool-Sheffield match. So uh, that that own goal, you know, originally Firmino's, but it ended up being an own goal, that was Liverpool's second goal in the match and their 7,000th, 7,000th top-flight goal in the team's history. They are number two all-time in top-flight goals. Jared, I imagine you know where I'm going with this. 
You're going to ask me who's uh, number one? I am. Oh, it's got to be a London team. Is that a bad assumption? What makes you say it's got to be a London team? I just feel like they've been around longer, more tradition, more history. Okay. Is that? I mean, you can tell me if it's not a London it's team. It's not a London team. Okay. <laughs> but I was trying to figure out your logic there is all. Okay. Well, I mean, it, it wasn't terrible logic, right? No. Um, all right. I'm just going to throw one out there. Everton. Good throw. That's correct. And I was really? all ready okay. to, wow. to, to, like, you know, give you hints and everything. Um, wow. Okay. And, in fact, you were at a the advantage you could have had. Uh, were you able to to watch today's match um, at Goodison Park, Everton's home stadium? You know how all the stadiums, because they don't have fans, they've got like tarps over the seats, and the tarps will often have designs, team crest, sayings, uh, you know, come on, you Spurs, stuff like that. Um, well, one of the tarps at Goodison Park says the originals since 1878 because that was the year that Everton was founded. Everton is one of the first, uh, you know, original football league teams. So, you know, the trick here is you might you might say to yourself, well, it's got to be a team that's been good for a long, you know, Manchester United. Well, Everton's been doing this longer than everybody, if not at the highest levels necessarily. They've had more occasion to do it, so... Uh, I don't know what the tally is on their goals, but they've got more than Liverpool's 7,000. Um, it's it's weird that the two Merseyside rivals true. would be the number one and number two all yeah. the time. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, so, yeah, Everton, and it, they got the established date on the, the team's crest there. Uh, so they're 1878. Liverpool um, was established in 1892, which is still, I mean, you know, 14-year difference um, so Everton might have like, I don't know, like 7,500 or something. Um, yeah. So congratulations to Liverpool. That's one thing Definitely. that they can hang their hat on. They're not going to be winning the, not going to be winning the Premier League this year. <laughs> um, and I think the only other game was that one that you mentioned earlier. Uh, I think Everton topped Southampton on early goal by Richarlison, if I'm not mistaken, but 1-0 was the final in that one. That is correct, and that was um, yeah, pretty much a, a defensive um, a defensive match from that point forward. Uh, thought we might have gotten a little bit of help. Um, uh, defender from Everton, uh, Keane. What's his first name? Michael. Yeah, okay, I thought that, but then I, you know what it was? I was thinking Mike, and I'm like, that's not right. Yeah, but he goes by Michael, <laughs> that's why. Um yeah, he he was forward on a uh, like a corner, I think, and um, he ended up scoring. But it was one of these where anytime the second person to touch the ball is the one who puts it in the net, it's going to be offsides because it's not you know. Oh yeah, you've got the sort of it's it's naturally not offsides on the corner kick itself, but then once things start moving around. Um, somebody's going to be offsides, and he was offsides, so they waved it off. I thought that was going to be one glimmer of hope for our fantasy team, but no such luck. Um, so, uh, were those all the games you uh, 
you had for us this week, Jerry? Yeah, that was it. All right. That well, was it. Uh, we're going to have quite a few matches uh, the next calendar week. Uh, there's a bunch in the middle of the week, and then it's a full slate for the weekend. So we'll have plenty to talk about next time, and uh, hopefully we'll be in slightly better spirits about our fantasy team by then since a lot of our players get a second bite of the apple playing multiple games in the uh, the fantasy match week. Uh, these these midweek games count on the current match week for fantasy purposes. So fingers crossed that they'll you know be able to do something. I mean, we, correct me if I'm wrong. We haven't had a goal involvement by any of our players. Is that right? Not so much as well, an assist. Uh, Antonio. Antonio. Okay, but he's bench. on the bench, <laughs> and he's he's the last guy on our bench. So we would have to have like three guys not play at all over the course of yeah. two matches for him to get in. That's uh, yeah. I don't think we want those six points that much. Yeah, for what it would have to cost us. Um, so who knows? We'll see what what happens with that. Uh, but obviously, uh, most importantly, um, wishing you and and your family a speedy recovery. Uh, again, you got the uh, no symptoms, so that's a good thing. But uh, uh, certainly hope it stays that way and that uh, everybody's good. So, uh, just out of curiosity, um, so your son tested negative though. Uh, that's correct, and we're actually probably gonna get him retested just in case. Yeah, you know, I mean that's that's weird. Didn't that... go high enough. Yeah, so. I mean, he's. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. You if haven't kicked ever... him out of the house yet, right? He he lives at home still, right? Along alongside you guys. That's true. <laughs> no, it's a, oh, one for all and all for one. Here. He must have some oh. like some some super antibodies. We gotta we gotta make a vaccine out of out of what he's got. <laughs> well, I I. I... You you have to get tested quite often, and you know, do you do the the nose one? Yeah, yeah. I know that you're supposed to go pretty far up there, <laughs> and if you rely on a young kid to do his own, oh, um, I see. Yeah, there, there's that makes a sense. supposition that maybe he didn't go quite as uh, as, as he needed to. So I'm a little um, surprised that they allowed to... the children to do it themselves. Uh, they do, and in fact, they encourage it just for the you know risk of or the mitigated risk of contamination. But at the same time, I think we're just going to have one of us do it. Just yeah. To be completely safe. Well, that makes sense. All right. Well, with that, we will wrap things up. Thanks for tuning in. We don't have a show if not for you. Thanks for bearing with us on these uh, uh, technological challenges. We hope that. Uh, uh, we're able to at least make it sound somewhat uh, enjoyable for you. And again, we'll have plenty of matches to talk about next week. And uh, fingers crossed that uh, part of next week's show will be devoted to us high-fiving for a huge fantasy <laughs> comeback. Because that's what it would be if we were going to win at this point. We're so far behind. Yes. Uh, so other than that, hope you all have a safe and pleasant rest of your week. And we will talk at you next time. Have a great week, everybody.